0: Either have more wine or less. (laughs) Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're playing matchmakers and recommending books to listeners looking for books to read as a couple books for their spouses, or audiobooks for themselves. I'm Curtis.
1: And I'm Chelsea. We had so much fun with our last recommendations episode, which I thought was a long time ago, but that was only episode 17. So that was like almost exactly a month ago. (laughs) But January and February always feel really long. But anyway, we've had a few more requests like that trickle in over the last month and a half or so. And we're excited to do another matchmaking session. Let's get right into it. I'm ready. This feels very fitting for our Valentine's Day activity, because we're recording this on Valentine's Day.
0: Listening to people ask us questions and give them our recommendations.
1: You know, playing matchmaker. Clink. Okay, the first query that we have is from Amanda. Hi, Amanda. she, She says... My husband is probably going to be deploying this year, and we want some books that we could both read so that we'll have something we're excited to talk about instead of just the mundane, everyday things. We both like to read. I like audio more than he does. He loves sci-fi and military history, and I like anything not too scary or sad. I hate long descriptions of things, so fast-paced is best for me. We would love some recommendations.
0: They're following our model.
1: Of... Sci-fi military history? No, I'm
0: saying when you're in a deployed environment and talking about books together.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that.
0: <laughs> I think it's fun. And if, if he's got time to do it and they can talk about books together, it seems like it's worthwhile. Definitely. Um, I'll start off by recommending a book that I'm reading right now, which is Artemis by Andy Weir. So this was a recommendation from our friends, Brit and Rich, when we had our introduction episode with them. Um, Andy Weir wrote The Martian which I saw in the movie and haven't read the book yet Um, but he is from a science background and a detail-oriented person so it's in that sci-fi realm Um, and it deals with a heist that's happening on the moon and that's as far as I've gotten so there's some sabotage, a little bit of intrigue and espionage type stuff Um, It's fast-paced, and it's not really descriptive. Lots of dialogue and conversations in the main character's head. Um, So I think Amanda would like it, too.
1: I agree. And I've heard that that audio is good. So since she likes audiobooks, that might be a good one for her to listen to and her spouse to read.
0: A couple other ones, um, maybe just for her husband, would be Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein. Um, anytime I see sci-fi military as a combination, this is the quintessential um, book that I turn to written in like the 1960s, I think, but talks about from that perspective, what they think the future of war would look like. And it's a coming of age story about somebody who enlists to fight an alien invasion, goes through the whole training of becoming a mobile infantryman and then um, eventually becoming an officer after he's in the military for a while. Um, But it's recommended reading um, by a bunch of lists from a bunch of the services. And then I pulled a third recommendation about five minutes ago from uh, General Milley is the Army Chief of Staff currently and then has been selected to be the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So one of his fiction recommendations was Ghost Fleet by P.W. Singer and August Cole. And it's an analysis on what they think the next world war would look like. So it's got a lot of... Um, techno sci fi to it, where China and Russia have come together to attack the United States and basically take over the Hawaiian Islands. So, like, it's a modern day Pearl Harbor for the Third World War. Um, and I've heard it's really interesting. So, that's something that I will be picking up too, because that list is something I'm trying to check off a lot of things. So, seems like it'd be a fast paced, futuristic look at warfare.
1: We'll include a link to that list in the show notes because a few of the people who requested this or some of our listeners might be interested in looking that list up. So for Amanda and her husband, I would recommend Sleeping Giants by Sylvain Neuvel. I don't know exactly how to say his name.
0: But we read that, to- or we listened to it together, didn't we?
1: No, we read it. Okay. Like, within a short time, but separately. So this book, it's actually the first in a series, and it's very much sci-fi, but there's also a political element to it, and I found it really page-turning, and I'm not a huge sci-fi fan, so I think that speaks well to it, but it's written in, like, case study format, or, like, briefs, government briefs and stuff.
0: Yeah, I'd say it's more of, like, an interview transcript, or, Mm -hmm. like... Um
1: well they have interviews and then they have like artifacts so it's it's different than just regular prose but it's easy I found it easy to follow once you figure out how it's formatted mm-hmm. but it's basically about these scientists who are studying this giant metal hand that was discovered and there's some like political intrigue it seems like something might be like, covered up, and the scientists and people working on it start to discover what it it might be. So they're curious as to whether it's something meant from, like, the ancient worlds as a tool for peace or destruction. So I don't want to go too much farther than that into it. It's been a few years since I've read it, and I think it's nice to go in not knowing a lot, but I think for someone who likes science fiction, and a fast-paced book. That would be a good series to go with.
0: Oh well, yeah, and it's a series that we've only read the first one, but I'd be interested in picking up the rest of them.
1: Yeah. The next book that I found, I don't know if you've heard of this one, but it I think it would go on your list pretty quickly here when you hear me talk about it it's lucky 666 the impossible mission that changed the war in the pacific by bob drury and tom clavlin there are comparisons of this to unbroken or the boys in the boat those are military history books that i think have wide appeal Mm. with audiences and they are page turning okay so these u.s army airmen are sent to papua new guinea And they are supposed to defend Australia from invasion. I don't know very much about Australia in terms of World War II, so that interests me already.
0: Well, the concern was probably just for Japanese invasion, just because they were taking over the whole Pacific.
1: Exactly. Among these airmen are pilot Captain Jay Zemer and Joseph Raymond Sarnoski. And apparently, they have swashbuckling reputations that have followed them.
0: Well, they're Marines, so oh wait, did no, you say they're Army airmen. airmen? Oh, I okay.
1: misread it because I guess well, you know, the Marines were mostly in the Pacific, but I guess they needed airmen to help them. So anyway, no, these are airmen who are known as swashbucklers. So they can't convince their superiors to give them their own plane or individually. So they team up. And they rebuild a B seventeen bomber from spare parts in the junkyard. <laughs> so already, I think it's that kind of like underdog, scrappy. I mean, swashbuckler already. That's what just got reminds me, for me you you. of Han
0: Solo and Chewie putting together the Millennium Totally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they put together the old six 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 from their tail identification numbers, mm-hmm. and so their crew volunteers for a 1,200-mile suicide mission into the heart of the Japanese empire, and only one of the two friends will survive. So this might be sad. I know know Amanda said she doesn't like sad books.
0: She said no sad books.
1: But I also feel like it's an adventure, and when you're reading military history, sometimes you have to do a little bit of sadness, but I think the courage usually outweighs it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, I thought it sounded really good. It's something I'd be interested, especially listening to on audio. And once I saw that they had bad reputations that they had to recover from, I thought, "Mm, I think Curtis would like this.
0: I I do love a bad reputation. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That reminds me of a book that I was thinking about recommending. It was uh, Lost in Shangri-La by Mitchell Zukoff. It's takes place in New Guinea in 1945, where a U.S. military plane crashes and the survivors have to make their way through the jungle and get to rescue.
1: Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah,
0: so if that first one sounds interesting, this one might be a good jumping off point too. Only three people survived the crash, and then it details their whole journey through the jungle and how they were able to survive and ultimately get rescued.
1: That sounds like... You would really like that, especially since you liked Shackleton's Journey so much. But it's a completely different part of the world. Well, when
0: do you think I picked it up? Over Christmas when I was reading Shackleton's Incredible Journey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I have two more recommendations for Amanda and her husband. You were going
0: overboard on the recommendations.
1: (laughs) Do you expect anything less from me?
0: I'm just going to sit here and drink whiskey.
1: (laughs) So these are both young adult. So they didn't say anything about not reading young adult. I think it's important to know that going into it, but I read these, well, actually, no, I read one of them. The other one I've wanted to read for a while, Legend by Marie Lu. This one is, um, I would kind of compare it to the Hunger Games, but maybe better. Mm. So it's a little bit more sci-fi based. So basically these kids get trained for the military and day is a 15 year old and he's a most wanted criminal but he's really his only motivation is to get his family out of the slums um they're both june and day the main characters are both from completely different worlds but one day june's brother is murdered and day is number one suspect so they kind of uncover this other path that has led them to come together and it's a series I think it's a trilogy and I really liked the first one and it's sci-fi adjacent it's more of the like you know young adult dystopian kind of book sure but Marie Lu has a few other series that might be more sci-fi based but I think that it's really good it's got themes that would be fun to talk about it's got that kind of cool military angle so that would be a good one. So the last one that I'll recommend to Amanda and her husband is Invictus by Ryan Groudon. This is another young adult book. It is about a time traveler. Okay, it's kind of hard to explain. (laughs) (laughs) The main character is a time traveler. He fails his time traveling exam.
0: Oh, there's tests for time traveling?
1: In this world, yes. Well, okay then. He takes a position commanding a ship. And takes his friends on these like black market operations to steal valuable items from the past. But during a heist on the Titanic, doesn't that sound fun? He meets a girl who is always one step ahead of him. So there's another heist thief running amok. So um, she's got this knowledge that... Is dangerous to him and they sort of go on this chase and it's a race through time so time travel is a classic sci-fi trope I think that sounds like a lot of fun um this one's been on my to read list for a while I just haven't picked it up yet but I think it's a young adult book that just flies under the radar but it was published by Little Brown and they've had some really really good young adult books come out over the last couple of years so Invictus by Ryan Grouden.
0: And like we said, for the last recommendation episode, for people mentioned on uh, this episode, if you can get back with us and let us know if the recommendations worked out or if it's not quite your speed, we're more than happy to engage in a dialogue about that. So
1: Yeah, these are really fun for us. This might be like our favorite kind of episode to record. We, we had an extra challenge because we said we're not going to re-recommend any books that we mentioned in the previous recommendations episode
0: which makes it tough because some of these questions are like perfect for stuff we've already talked about
1: but that that's just too easy
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're making it more fun
1: all right the next request is from mirabella and she saw that we were opening the inbox for requests for book recommendations and couldn't resist emailing us so she hopes that we have some suggestions for her husband. It's his birthday soon. She thinks it would be fun to buy him some books recommended by, quote, that couple on the podcast I keep talking about. <laughs> I think that's cute.
0: We've gotten someplace in the world if we're that couple on that podcast <laughs> that somebody's talking about.
1: So some information on her husband, Chris. Hi,
0: Chris. Wait a minute. He might not be listening. Hi, Mirabella.
1: <laughs> he reads almost exclusively on audio. Okay. Okay. Loves big, sprawling epic fantasy novels. Hey,
0: that sounds like somebody we know.
1: His favorites were Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear, and the first few books in Brian Sanderson's Stormlight Archive series.
0: Brandon Sanderson. Didn't
1: you, I say that? You said Brian. Well, whatever. <laughs> Their names are all the same to me. <laughs> he resonates with stories that include moral gray areas and anti heroes and thorough world building. Doesn't like horror, hates plot holes. He really likes science fiction and fantasy, but he also liked The Book Thief, so maybe he could get into some historical fiction. Mirabella says that she would like him to read a little bit more diversely, branch out to something with a non-white author, a strong female lead character, or non-European based fantasy. So she knows N.K. Jemison checks all of that, And those books, that series is on his TBR. So she was all set to recommend A Darker Shade of Magic, but then she listened to your issues with it and figured since he really hates plot holes and stuff like that, that he might not be a fan.
0: Well, I kind of want to address that because it says that he primarily listens on audiobook. And I'm wondering if I had listened to A Darker Shade of Magic if I would have felt differently about it. Or Hmm. if the way that I read it in... The chunks that I did and with a little bit of time in between if that contributed to some of the issues that I had with it. So I wouldn't completely disregard it. I would say if you can find it on audio, it might be worth a listen for Chris. Um, I played with the, uh, maybe he would get into the historical fiction World War II based on The Book Thief. Um, so I recommended Winner of the World by Ken Follett. So this is actually the second book in a trilogy, which I normally wouldn't do. But going off of his love of epic world building, this is basically a family saga that interlocks a lot of different experiences in early 20th centuries. So it's got Russian, American, German, and British families, and it covers World War II. So it is starts in 1933 with when the Nazis seize control and concludes in 1949 after the end of World War II. So kind of playing off of the book thief aspect of that. Um, Ken Follett is a well-known detailed author, so he gets really into the weeds with his research. The first book in this trilogy covers World War One up until 1933, and it covers the same five families from those geographic regions we talked about. So it's very detailed, um, goes into a lot of family drama, and then each book on its own covers a lot of different themes. So the first one dealt with Women's suffrage. This one deals with um, interracial and homosexual relationships that were kind of against the norm in Nazi Germany and how mm-hmm. people dealt with that. So uh, I think if he's getting into the historical fiction, this one could be potentially good for him. On the same line of fantasy recommendations, she kind of stole my thunder with the N.K. Jemisin thing. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've been recommending that. A lot, though, the well, fifth season, because well, yeah. you just finished it, you're excited about it, so...
0: Well, based on his um, ones that he likes, Name of the Wind and uh, Brandon Sanderson books, I would actually say start with the Inheritance Trilogy, which is, I, th- I feel like it's a little bit more of a flowing narrative and deals with some of the gray areas and anti-heroes than the fifth season does. So if he's going to read some N.K. Jemisin, I would start with the Inheritance Trilogy. And then for another female author in the fantasy realm, I'd say start with The Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb. So I've purchased this and have not started it, but it's about Fitz, who is a assassin. So it kind of goes into that, you know, assassin for hire gray area aspect, but these are well-known books and it's a trilogy. So I feel like you can get some of the same European-ish fantasy and then go with N.K. Jemisin, and then maybe some World War II historical fiction.
1: Sounds good. I like that Ken Follett recommendation. I think sweeping saga sounds right. And normally Novinos. I wouldn't,
0: and I wouldn't normally recommend a second book in a trilogy. But if he's interested in World War II, I would start with that one rather than going back to World War One with the first one. And um, if, they're,
1: if they don't have to be read in order,
0: the families are all the same, but they deal with different people for each book. Sure. Um, I own all three of them. haven't read them, um, but I'm a big fan of his Pillars of the Earth. It was a Mm -hmm. well-known one that I really liked. So he's a good author, and I trust that he did his research on this one. So it's going to be very in-depth. What do you recommend?
1: These are all three books that I'm really excited to read. haven't read them yet, so I always feel like that's a little bit risky, recommending books that you haven't read. (laughs) But I've read so much about them (laughs) that I feel pretty confident in these recommendations. So if Mirabella is on bookstagram at all or pays attention to new releases, um, she and Chris both might have already heard of Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James, but this is the new fantasy novel that is like sweeping the nation. It is has gotten a lot of attention, partly because a lot of people have compared it to Game of Thrones and said it's the African Game of Thrones, which... Some people might say that's reductive, and it should be able to stand on its own without being compared to a white author's work. But that's a different conversation for a different day.
0: Is this the one that Michael B. Jordan's been optioned to star in? The
1: he optioned the rights to the film, I think, to direct it. Well, how he'll about probably that? star too, but he, I think, is set to direct as well cool. or produce. Nice. So yeah, um, this one is based on African folklore, and the main character is Tracker, who is known across the land as an amazing hunter.
0: I was going to ask, does he track?
1: Yeah, the the (laughs) name is (laughs) true to form. So he's hired to track down a mysterious boy who has disappeared three years ago, and he breaks his rule of working alone. So usually he's a loner, but he sort of puts together this band of hodgepodge unusual characters who all have their own secrets, including a shape-shifting man-animal leopard. This, I just really feel like this book is totally in your wheelhouse as well, <laughs> especially with the sort of like they're on a mission, put together a ragtag band of people who don't necessarily fit together.
0: Those are my favorite episodes of Game of Thrones. Exactly. <laughs> and they're putting together the team to go back. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so he follows the boy's scent. He literally has like that tracking sense of smell. And as he and his group go on this journey, all of these creatures, mysterious creatures, To attack them and try and foil their plans. So he's kind of thinking, okay, well, who's this boy and who's out to get us? Why do people really want me finding him? And there are a lot of secrets and there's a mystery involved more so than just where is this boy. So, like I said, it draws on a bunch of African folklore and history and mythology. And I just based on reviews. That I've heard from people it's supposed to be amazing so I think that one should be um, really really good I also would recommend in the same vein of the African fantasy children of blood and bone by Tomi Adeyemi and this is another one that I really want to read I just haven't gotten around to it yet sitting on the shelf but this has been optioned for a movie series already. And I think the second one is set to come out either this summer or in the fall. So the first one, Children of Blood and Bone, is out now. Um, and it is about Zele. And I might not be pronouncing that correctly. I usually try and look up name pronunciations if I have any shadow of doubt before I go into this. But um, basically... There's magic, there's this amazing world building, there are again leopards and spirits and so the main character is this girl who is trying to control her powers, figure out how powerful she is as she faces an enemy, figures out who killed her mother, took her magic and so it's sort of about this like political revolt as well so I'm just really excited about that one. A lot of people who I know and trust have read it and loved it. The last fantasy recommendation I'll make here is The Poppy War by R.F. Kuang, And so this one is kind of like Legend by Marie Lu, where there's this test that has to be passed. There is a war orphan who passes it and gets into this elite military school so, it's got those kind of themes of like being incredibly academically and military minded. Um, but she is, as the description says, she's a dark skinned peasant girl. And so that doesn't make it easy for her in this military academy. She also discovers that she has an aptitude for arts like shamanism. And so she has a teacher and she's able to start to discover her powers. And there's this whole political side of things. So this one is hefty. I think it's over 500 pages. And it's got some really, really good reviews. So I think that one sounds really good as well. Different part of the world, diverse author. I think that that sounds amazing. And when I read the description, I think that I included this in a choice for our Facebook book club, just because I thought like looking at the military school and then I know you kind of like that mentor-teacher relationship in books, too. So I thought that actually might be one that you'd be interested in as well.
0: See, the fun part about these episodes is I also get quasi-recommendations. Yeah. So so that's what makes it fun, people. (laughs) Uh, I'll read the next one from Lauren, who is finishing up her last semester of university and taking a wheel-throwing ceramics class, which she sees as a perfect opportunity to listen to some audiobooks. Which, I would, too. Uh, that yeah,
1: sounds so relaxing. Sounds
0: fun. Um, one project took her two and a half books to finish last semester, and apparently the goal is to throw a hundred cylinders to learn how to center, which I have no idea what that is.
1: We could have Googled it, but yeah. we didn't.
0: I'm guessing it's when you like... <laughs> center out a cylinder and make it like a vase (laughs) yeah sure or a vase or whatever
1: i mean i can kind of like picture what i think it is in my head i'm just picturing the
0: scene from ghost (laughs)
1: look (laughs) swayze cliche all
0: right um so lauren's wondering if we have audiobook specific recommendations she's read a lot of fantasy and likes brandon sanderson says that if I like Patrick Rothfuss. I should really enjoy Brandon Sanderson. How
1: many people have told you that since we started this podcast? Lauren,
0: I get it. I understand. (laughs) I saw them at the bookstore when we were home for Christmas, and I I, I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. They
1: all just really want you to love him, too. (laughs) I don't blame them. You probably will. It's
0: on the list. Um, But she also likes military history books, a little bit of mystery, likes your Maisie Dobbs books, and anything with a compelling story. One of her goals is to read more international authors and more diversely in authorship and kinds of stories, but she is sensitive to books with lots of language, um, so she couldn't make it through The Lies of Locke Lamora, and she also doesn't uh, like books with sexual content. So I would have said the fifth season again but that's got a little bit of strong language and a lot of sexual content in there so really that one's gonna be a no-go going off of the military history side not really knowing what time period i kind of just picked one with a really interesting story off of my shelf um, that was actually recommended to me by one of my old bosses which is rogue heroes by ben mcintyre so he's a correspondent with the times in london so Kind of quasi-international? Brit- I don't know. British, I don't know if that really counts, but it talks about the history of the special air she service. Might be um,
1: British because she said it's her last semester of university.
0: Oh, wow.
1: That's really British. If she's not, then she basically is. <laughs> did that make any
0: sense? It did, yeah. So <laughs> this might be more on the nose where she would like it, but it talks about uh, the birth of the British SAS in World War Two, where... Like Nowadays, you think of the SAS kind of like SEAL Team 6 or Delta Force for the American military, but back in World War II, they were mainly a sabotage unit where they would airdrop behind German lines, primarily in Africa was where they cut their teeth, and they would just wreak havoc, destroy supply lines, trains, all that stuff. Um, So this book talks about the birth of that organization, how they changed how warfare was fought in World War II. And I've heard it's pretty decent on audiobook too, so.
1: It it looks short enough that I wouldn't be intimidated to read it.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was a Washington Post top 10 and an NPR 2016 great read.
1: Ooh, I love the NPR books. Yeah,
0: so that's the first one that I'll recommend. If um, people
1: are hearing book noises, that's because <laughs> I open tabs on Goodreads to talk about these books. Curtis literally takes the books off of our shelves and stacks them next to him so he can physically have the book to talk about it.
0: Well, not only do I do that, but I stack other books in case I feel like there's something else that I want to talk about. (laughs) So which I'm gonna do here, actually, because um, this one wasn't on my original thought. But now that I'm looking at it, I think it might be good. So pottery class, going over like, oh no, wait, ceramics? Yeah, pretty much. Same, same. So this book, next book talks about kind of the history of technology and how that shapes civilizations. And it's more on that history side. This one is a Pulitzer Prize winner. It's Guns, Germs, and Steel by Jared Diamond. So it's mainly a analysis on societies and how they evolve with technology and either adapt, die, do all sorts of stuff. But it's pretty well known, covers a lot of different areas, and I'm a big lover of all the Pulitzer Prize winners. So Mm -hmm. this one I've been looking at for years, finally picked up, so that might be a good one too. And then in the fantasy realm, uh, kind of getting away from the typical Brandon Sanderson, Patrick Rothfuss, I'm going with... The Promise of Blood by Brian McClellan. So this is part of a wave of what's known as the Flintlock fantasy, which is kind of in the 1700s time frame, introduction of gunpowder and throws in a different time period. But it's got sorcery, it's got different types of magic, and the front cover has a glowing recommendation from Brandon Sanderson himself. So um, something that I Find myself doing when I'm looking at my fantasy books is I like publishers. So I'll go and pick a publisher that I've bought a lot of books from and realize that some of those authors I haven't really heard about, but they're good stuff. So this is one of those cases because. The Theft of Swords, uh, Michael J. Sullivan books, and the N.K. Jemisons are with Orbit Publishing, and so is Brian McClellan. So I've heard good things, haven't had a chance to read it yet, so I'm not sure about the language or the sexual content. So that's a little bit of a risk, but I'm willing to throw it out there as a recommendation.
1: Lauren could go in the Goodreads reviews possibly and see if there's any indication of the, you know, violence or sexual content of that. I
0: I just like that on the front page, it's got the uh, Brandon Sanderson recommendation. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's a little bit perfect for what she's looking for.
1: So Lauren, in regards to your request for more diverse books in terms of authorship and kinds of stories, I would go back to the recommendations that we made for Chris, Who Loves Fantasy, Black Leopard, Red Wolf, Children of Blood and Bone, The Poppy War. Those would all be great recommendations and probably good on audio. Not sure about the content, for all of them. Children of Blood and Bone is young adult, so maybe that one is a little bit safer to go for. I really picked up on Lauren's love of Maisie Dobbs. Maisie Dobbs was a nurse in World War One, and then she becomes a detective after she gets back from the war effort and sort of comes to terms with the changing world. I think so the series is pretty long already, and I think she'll end up going through World War II as well. So Thinking of books sort of similar to Maisie Dobbs, I highly recommend Dear Mrs. Bird by AJ Pierce. This one is so sweet. One of my favorite books that I read last year. It's charming. It is about Emmy, and she really wants to be a journalist on the front lines of the war effort. So she sees this advertisement for a job at the London Evening Chronicle and thinks, This is my chance. I'm going to be a journalist. And I'm going to make strides and be the first woman journalist on the front lines. Well, turns out she's working for Mrs. Bird, who is the um, advice columnist for the London Evening Chronicles magazine that they put out for women. So Emmy realizes really quickly that Mrs. Bird is only answering letters that are very much to her crudish taste, but Emmy believes that everyone has the right to advice, no matter what their problem is, even if it is, quote, inappropriate to Mrs. Bird. So she basically starts writing letters of advice to people. And that's one part of the plotline. I thought the book was mainly going to be about that, but that's almost a side plot compared to her and her best friend sort of going through different things in the war effort So it's not necessarily a mystery like Maisie Dobbs, but it's about spunky women getting through wartime and their relationships, and it's incredibly compelling. Um, The next one that I would recommend is In Farley Field by Reese Bowen, and this one is about, about sort of like a Downton Abbey sort of home with Lord Westerham and his five daughters and a soldier parachutes to his death on the estate and then there are some suspicions raised there's an MI5 operative sort of trying to figure out if this was a German spy so there's some code breaking with Bletchley Park and some different spy intrigue but then it's also just about the family and sort of the changing dynamics of the time period so I think there's a mystery element to that. And if you like Maisie Dobbs, that would be a good one. And I also, I listened to that one on audio as well as Dear Mrs. Bird. So that's part of why I'm recommending them because I know that they're good on audio. And then The Alice Network and or The Huntress by Kate Quinn. Those are both about women. um, One's about women in World War II and spying. And then the other one is about the a woman russian bomber pilot so again some mystery there some historical plot those are really compelling world war ii books and if you've already read the Alice network and you can't wait for the huntress to go into your audio queue code name verity by elizabeth vine is really good too and that's another one world war ii spies female friendship yes
0: nice (laughs) Um, I'll throw another recommendation out for Lauren and Mirabella Um, along the lines of a Brandon Sanderson, Patrick Rothfuss series is the First Law Trilogy by Joe Abercrombie so the first book is The Blade Itself kind of covers the anti-hero aspects of what Mirabella was looking for for Chris and then for Lauren I've heard they're fantastic on audio like you go in any top 10 list for fantasy and they're in the top 5 so that's a free one for both of you
1: (laughs) (laughs) for free (laughs) (laughs) okay um this last one is from samantha this
0: one was challenging i'm yeah yeah i'm excited to get to it but it was it was difficult
1: okay so samantha says i would really love a book recommendation for my husband and me to read together he's recently gotten into reading he's a purple heart veteran with a tbi that is traumatic brain injury So it's hard for him, but with my reignited love of reading, he's wanted to read again as well. He loves historical books of any kind. He's a history buff who binges the History Channel. He also loves war stories. I love thrillers, literary fiction, and the occasional romance. I'm not too big on nonfiction, no matter how much I try, but I'm open to trying more as long as it has a thriller-type feel. I would love for us to be able to sit down and discuss a book like we do our favorite shows and movies. So I asked some follow-up questions. So as far as accommodations for um, Samantha's husband's TBI, shorter chapters are probably better. And she said he has a hard time focusing when listening. So audiobooks are a no-go. But something with shorter chapters or something where he could read a little bit, set it down, and come back to it without like missing a lot or having to read big chunks of it at a time would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I asked what some of their favorite shows were, because I think you and I always thought we had no similar reading tastes, but where we find that intersection is sometimes when we think of the TV that we like to watch together. Mm -hmm. So they like to watch true crime documentaries, American Horror Story, The Killing, Big Little Lies. They also have a lighthearted side and love Disney movies and comedies like The Office.
0: Side note, did you see the trailer for Frozen 2?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. It, it looks, looks really good. So good. Looks so good. <laughs> I so I think parents get really annoyed with Frozen because Let It Go playing on a loop. I get it. That's annoying. Yeah. But Frozen came out the year of the worst winter in Minnesota history, which I was driving through blizzards like every day to get to student teaching. And I saw Frozen and I was like, it's literally my life. And I listened to the soundtrack when I drove to student teaching and it made me feel like an ice princess instead of someone crying in my car because I couldn't see in front of me. (laughs) So I love Frozen.
0: I feel like that's a little bit of an overshare. (laughs) But but funny at the same time.
1: Anyway, Um, recommendations.
0: So I'm going to stretch a little bit for my first one. Um, just kind of playing with the fact that they like to watch TV together, true crime, a little bit of the thriller, and I'm gonna say 112263 by Stephen King. So
1: it's not nonfiction.
0: No, it's alternative fiction mm-hmm. or alternative history, I should say. So it addresses a character who goes back in time to try to stop the JFK assassination. So on the cover art, it has uh, the actual newspaper from dallas when jfk was killed and on the back cover it has an alternate head um heading for the newspaper where jfk like narrowly escapes death and goes through there it's also a mini series on hulu and i see that they like mini series with big little lies and some true crime stuff so it's got the potential where they could start reading the book and if it gets to be too much they could maybe just watch the show and then see if they like the story enough to go back to the book that's smart yeah because I like the idea that they can watch the show together and play off of that and do some comparison and also it's a way to get the story if the book becomes too much like I know Stephen King can sometimes be intimidating because the books are large Mm -hmm. but a lot of the chapters aren't really long so there's just a lot of them Mm -hmm. to get through the story so I feel like there's a way to break that down to where it wouldn't be too much to manage and then they would have something else to talk about with the show so that's my first recommendation
1: And it seems like they like horror.
0: Yeah. So if
1: they like that Stephen King, there's such a huge backlist to go for with him.
0: Yeah. On the history buff front and the occasional romance from Samantha, I'm going to go with Cold Mountain by Charles Frazier. Ooh. So this was a National Book Award winner, and it's a debut.
1: It's a pretty cover.
0: Yeah. I found that in a bookstore in Wisconsin over Christmas. So I... Full disclosure, I have not read the book, but I'm a fan of the movie. (laughs) So it's one of those where I I, I like the story and I'm intrigued to start the book. But if either of you have already seen the movie or just want to get a story that's a little bit of historical fiction dealing with the Civil War, but it's really a character study and a romance where these, I wouldn't really say star-crossed, but a couple who is put through... Circumstances where they're apart from each other and have to are trying to get back together. So and have to go through a lot of trial and turmoil to get there. So I feel like it's a good story. It's not very big, and it's got that same aspect of you've got a adaptation that you can also watch and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So those are two things there. And then for my third one, I went with kind of a two for. Uh, they're both by John Krakauer, um, which is. Under the Banner of Heaven and Where Men Win Glory. So the first one is a little bit of a true crime because it sees that you like true crime documentaries. And this is a story from the 1980s where a woman and her daughter were murdered by two brothers who believed that they were ordered by God to kill the woman and her daughter. So we've had this recommended to us a couple of times based on Mm -hmm. the fact that we like true crime. Um, We listened to um, Rachel wait, Rebecca McNamara, Michelle. Well, went way off on that one. Michelle McNamara's "I'll Be Gone in the Dark," so that was connected with a lot of that stuff.
1: I thought about recommending that one too
0: Uh, for Samantha. Yeah. Um, and we both really—I liked it more than you did.
1: I think that's because I listened to it on audio, though. I think I would have liked it better reading it. And he doesn't like to listen to audio, so that wouldn't be a problem for them. Yeah. But also, I think that there are a, going to be a bunch of documentaries coming out about the Golden State Killer. So that is something for them to look forward to since they like to watch the documentaries. There's also, I think, a Ted Bundy book out. There are and a I, few. They probably watched the Ted it's Bundy documentaries. Take, yeah. Um And so those would be good to go for as well.
0: Well, the second John Krakauer book that I recommended um, was Where Men Win Glory, which is about Pat Tillman's Odyssey. So he went from being an NFL football player and then joined the army and fought in Afghanistan and was ultimately killed. And his story is kind of controversial in the fact that they said that he was killed in combat engaged by the enemy and they gave him a silver star for it and then it came out later that he was killed by friendly fire so the story covers that whole cover up process and it looks at his diaries and conversations with his brother and his wife and i really enjoyed it because it talks about somebody that i was story that i was familiar with when i joined the army and just kind of how that was misrepresented by mm-hmm. certain people And it's just really well investigated and really well covered. So that one is a little bit for the history buff and somebody who watches like the History Channel piece. I don't know if that was one that they would read together necessarily, but maybe it might be able to explain some things to Samantha about her husband's service.
1: See, you thought that this was a tough one, but look at you just pulling out recommendations from nowhere. Well,
0: it's difficult because of of, I would have not really known about some of the follow-up questions. So... that you asked to kind of clarify some stuff because you don't really know you like you said everybody's different with the way that they react with tbis so how much content And like
1: he likes to read yeah but it, it just it, matters it's more about like format and
0: I how think. much content at one time you're able yeah. to like take in so i've got good feelings about the stephen king one if they're able to take it in chunks i like the fact that it's got an adaptation that they can enjoy too Mm-hmm. what are your uh, recommendations
1: Well, I think there's an obvious one that we are missing, which is The Song of Achilles. Hey, we read that. Yeah, um, that was our last buddy read, and it was super discussion-worthy. I think it ties a love of history. It would connect with Samantha's love of literary fiction. Um, She's an English teacher, too, so I think that she would enjoy it for that Mm. reason. Um, And it's a war story, So I think that her husband would really enjoy it. It was short chapters, so I felt like it was super breezy to get through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that would be a really good one for them. The next one, this one really could go either way. It's a really different recommendation. I feel like people either love it or it's not for them. So I recently listened to this one on audio, but I think I would have liked it just as much if I had read it. My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinkan Braithwaite. So My Sister the Serial Killer is exactly what it sounds like. So it's a book about these two sisters, Koride and Ayola. And Koride is interrupted because Ayola kills her boyfriend and has Koride come and help her clean it up. And this is the third boyfriend that she's killed. (laughs) And she says that it's self-defense.
0: But... And at
1: first, Koroday really wants to believe her, but then it keeps happening.
0: Well, fool me once. Yeah. Shame on me.
1: It's really fascinating. I kind of drew this from the fact that they like thrillers and true crime, but also really loved Big Little Lies, Mm -hmm. which is sort of like a mystery story, but it's more of that character study more about the individual people in their lives. And that's what My Sister the Serial Killer is. There's that serial killer plotline. You're kind of in suspense of, well, who's she going to kill next? Is she going to kill her current boyfriend? But it's also really about the sister's relationship and sort of the psychological aspects of that. So it's super short. It was only four hours on audio, which is really short. It's like a super small book. So if they don't love it, it's short enough to get through quickly, but I don't know. I think that might be an interesting one that they could get into. There's a lot to talk about there. So I, I absolutely loved it. Um, the last one that I would recommend is The Dry by Jane Harper. Oh,
0: good one. Nice job.
1: We both loved that one. We did. Really good classic mystery. Yeah, I just really liked it. I mean, there's not a lot to say about it other than it's just a solid, really good mystery. And then... There's the second book, Force of Nature, same detective. And her third book is coming out. Like, actually, it might be out now. It's either out now or coming out in like a matter of days. So um, so if they like the dry, then that's another couple of books waiting after for them to read. Nice. But yeah, that was just a good, solid mystery.
0: I liked it a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. That's it for recommendations. These are good.
0: Keep the questions coming, guys. We like answering questions and... We're both big problem solvers, so being able to kind of look at our shelves and stuff that we've read or not read and recommend those to people, it's always fun. Yeah,
1: it's, it's fun for the puzzle, but I also, I mean, I love people asking for recommendations for themselves, but I think especially I get really excited when couples want to read together. Um, well, that's kind of why we started this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just makes me feel good that we're helping people connect with each other, so. Yeah. But we would love to hear what you think of the recommendations. And if you have some requests, go ahead and send us an email or shoot us a message on Instagram. And we'll share that information in a second here. What's your recommendation of the week?
0: So we started watching You on Netflix, which we've heard a little bit about as like a psychological thriller and that people are really enjoying.
1: Based on a book.
0: Right. Maybe and, that would
1: be a good one for Samantha and her husband. Ooh, that book.
0: Nice. Um, hold on. Carolyn Kepness? Kepness? Ke, uh-uh. I don't know how you would say it, but it's the same name, You. And it's got a sequel, Hidden Bodies, which is actually going to be or the basis for the second season of You. So You kind of reminds me of Dexter in a way where it's the little bit of a psychologically disturbed main character. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot. Um, but... Narrating from his point of view throughout the episode and the story. So we see it from his point of view and how he's interacting with the world. And then also you get his internal monologue.
1: And he seems like a very unreliable narrator.
0: Yes. Same with Dexter Mm -hmm. because they're psychopaths. So they're seeing things from their unhealthy brains.
1: But I think like, and I don't know how the book is, but it's almost like he is being manipulative in his narration
0: mm-hmm. which he I, knows which i find interesting too mm-hmm. because you see what's actually happening in the background and you see his spin on how he's trying to make mm-hmm. things happen but we watched like four episodes last night oh
1: it's addicting yeah. it's so addicting yeah. creepy
0: so for anybody on this episode that likes big little lies or that type of stuff or if you're a dexter fan check it out it was mm-hmm. wor- it was worth it
1: we're gonna probably go finish watching it after this
0: that's really a romantic valentine's day ain't it
1: sexy yeah. <laughs> stalker <laughs> oh yeah
0: what's your recommendation for this week
1: all right my recommendation is sip which is a tea subscription service and to be completely open and transparent they sent us some free boxes of tea so we went online and took the quiz of like what kind of tea we typically drink which you and i both drink tea every day
0: and different types of tea.
1: Yes, we both have really different taste in tea, much like books. And then every now and then we find a tea that we both like.
0: Kind of like books.
1: <laughs> um, so completely open and honest, they sent us free boxes, however, that didn't necessarily mean that we had to like recommend them on the podcast. Um, I just legitimately loved getting a box of tea in the mail. I was so giddy about it. And I really like what they selected for me, and it's been fun to try some different things that I can't necessarily just pick up at the grocery store, um, and that I wouldn't necessarily have ordered because I wouldn't want to order a full box. So it's been nice to try some different samples. So if you are enough of a tea lover that that interests you, we'll put a link in the show notes for you to get $5 off of a box. Nice. Nice.
0: Good recommendations.
1: Have you been drinking much of your sips by tea?
0: Yes. Um, I liked the uh, black tea that they sent me. Mm -hmm. That was, I think it was the blue zest. Yeah. It was excellent. Like energy tea. Kept me going all day. Very good. Well, good. And then I do a little bit of the lemon ginger when I'm getting Mm -hmm. ready for sleepy time. But I don't like sleepy time tea. I just like lemon and ginger at night. But yeah, that's the cool thing about the box is if you have different tastes, they can hook you up with different stuff. Yeah. So... Because you do more of the non-caffeinated stuff, and I need all of the caffeine. (laughs) Well, that's another recommendation episode. I like the rhythm that we do these, and these are fun.
1: It is really fun.
0: We want to say thank you for subscribing and sharing He Read, She Read. We love reading your comments, posts, and reviews each week. Reminder that our buddy read for this month is If Beale Street Could Talk by James Baldwin. That episode will air February 26th, and announcing our March buddy read will be Dare to Lead by Brené Brown? Yes. had to ask. That episode (laughs) will air on March 26th. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, please do. Those written reviews make a huge difference in reaching listeners, and they brighten our day. Connect with us on social media or email, Twitter and Instagram at She Read. Or email he read she read podcast at gmail.com. If you've got individual requests for recommendations or for somebody in your life, just let us know. We're happy to help.
1: Thank you for listening, everyone. And remember the couple that reads together
0: occasionally finds something that they both like.
1: <laughs> you said that so serious that <laughs>
0: I couldn't take it seriously. <laughs>